welcome to Music for Life, enhancing the Armstrong concert experience. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. In today's episode, we explore the Dublin Irish Dance Company and tour, and we have an exclusive interview with its band's lead singer in the lead-up to their performance at Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, February 20th. This all-star cast of Irish dancers and musicians brings a touching story to life, a story of love and loss, of trepidation and triumph, a story of the immigrants who left their homes in Ireland for the shores of America. We will also briefly touch on some of the musical characteristics of the different dance forms within competitive Irish step dancing, which should add even greater appreciation for this event. So stick around as we present this spotlight on Irish dance and the Dublin Irish Dance Tour, today on Music for Life. On the first day of 1892, 17-year-old Irish Colleen Annie Moore was the first foreigner to pass through Ellis Island. Today, the U.S. Census states that more than 40 million people claim to be of Irish descent, which is decent descent if you ask someone with the surname Malone, With moving themes of immigration, love, loss, and triumph over adversity in good times and bad, Ireland's traditions of music, song, and dance have been the soundtrack to the life of millions of people. On Tuesday, February 20th, Armstrong Auditorium presents Dublin Irish Dance, an exhilarating company whose members have performed throughout the world with Riverdance, Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance, and Celtic Woman. This company will tell the story of the Irish who traveled to America in search of a new life. This program comprises a blend of classic contemporary tunes with traditional Irish rhythms alongside stirring and emotive vocal tracks. Let's explore this company and the stirring program they are bringing to the Armstrong stage. The company features world champion choreographers, dancers, and musicians, principal performers from Riverdance, together with sensational performers from Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance and Celtic Woman. The instruments comprising the band include the fiddle, flute, Ulian pipes, accordion, banjo, mandolin, whistle, boron, guitar, piano, drums, and bass. The original choreography for the show has been created by two great artists in this field, Kieran Connolly and Alan Scarif. Kieran Connolly is originally from Dublin and has worked successfully in London for the last 14 years as a commercial dancer and choreographer, working on such shows as The X Factor, Britain's Got Talent, and Strictly Come Dancing. He's worked alongside and toured the world with names such as Take That, Robbie Williams, One Direction, Girls Aloud, Michael Buble, and many more. Last year, Kieran choreographed Season 5 of The Voice of Ireland for Ireland's national broadcaster, RTE. He was also creative director and choreographer of the June Rogers Show and Summer Tours 2010-2014, to and also for Women of Ireland World Tour 2014-2015. Alan Scarif was born in Galway City in the west of Ireland. He commenced his formal Irish dance lessons at the tender age of four. A formidable dancer from an early age, he later went on to win All-Ireland and World Dance Championship titles. In his early days of touring as a professional dancer, he performed lead roles with productions like To Dance on the Moon, Spirit of Ireland, and Dance of Desire. He later joined now-world-renowned Irish dance show Riverdance and toured internationally for eight years as principal dancer and dance captain. Following extensive work in North America as an Irish dance instructor, Alan now heads up the Gibbons Farrell Scarif School of Dance in his native Galway, while simultaneously working as a choreographer on different international projects. Before we talk about the specific program and story that Dublin Irish Dance will tell, I wanted to give a brief explanation of the musical styles behind the common Irish dances. See, for about a dozen years, our campus has been home to an Irish dance academy. Through those years, the school has been under a few different names, depending on the teachers heading up the instruction, but it has always been the Armstrong branch of these schools. Around the time our new Performing Arts Conservatory building opened back in August of 2016, the Irish dance instruction had been taken over by the prestigious Darren Maguire of the Maguire Academy of Irish Dance. 
Mr. McGuire has been using our large dance spaces here on the Armstrong campus for over a year and a half now, and his Armstrong dancers have been performing to much success all around the country. He had also inherited a crew of young people who had been doing quite well at international contests. Some of our patrons may have seen some of these dancers collaborate with the Chieftains several years ago when they performed on our stage. At any rate, the presence of an award-winning Irish dance school on this campus, just down the hall from where I'm recording right now, has created some unique opportunities for us in the campus's music department to work together with these dancers. We have produced five musical theater productions where the main dance style of choice for these productions was traditional Irish step dancing. Of course, I can think of many musical theater productions that have dancing in them, but none that use Irish step dancing as the main style and a means of telling the story along with the standard musical theater vocal style. As the composer of these musicals, it required me to learn the particulars about the different kinds of dances featured in this art form, and I thought it would be helpful to give you an overview of these main kinds of dances and the musical features of them, which I think will enhance your appreciation even more for what you're going to see on our stage. Musically, there are five different kinds of dance meters and tempos in competitive Irish step dancing. The reel, the hornpipe, the slip jig, the regular jig, which dancers would call a light jig or single jig, and the treble jig. Now remember that dances are based on a recurring meter or stress pattern. The most common stress pattern in Western music is a strong beat every four beats, what we call 4-4 time, or even common time. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. The Irish step dance based on this meter is called a reel. Within the dance form, there are two kinds of reels even, a reel and a treble reel. Treble implies a hard shoe dance, but musically, both are based on the same four beat per bar stress pattern. It is also important to note that the beat is subdivided into two equal halves, or like saying two syllables per beat, so a duple subdivision to musicians, one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and. Or even if I notated it in two-four time, one and two and one and two and so a duple subdivision of the beat. Here's a brief segment of a reel from one of our musicals. This is from our production about King David, the scene where he danced before the Ark of the Covenant, and this is based on the Irish tune, The Rousing of the Drink. Now, the hornpipe is another kind of dance, also based on the four-beat-per-bar stress pattern. Irish step dancers use hard shoes for this kind of dance as well. Musically, this one has more of a triple subdivision of the beat. One and a two and a three and a four and a one and a two and a three and a four and a... Or it might have more of what we would call a dotted rhythm feel, where every beat has a long, short, long, short, long, short, long, short feel. Like long, short, long, short, long, short, long, short, one and two and three and four and... Here's a brief segment of a hornpipe from one of our musicals. This is from The Widow's Might, the story of Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. And this is the entr'acte at the beginning of Act 3, which is basically an exhibition number of all the Irish dancers in this show. None of the dances in this production were based on Irish folk tunes, but rather from original tunes from the production. This hornpipe is based on a tune associated with Boaz and his farmhands. So that was a little of the basic hornpipe meter and rhythm in competitive Irish step dancing. Another kind of dance is the slip jig. The slip jig is a very distinct rhythm and meter, and one now used exclusively for women's soft shoe dancing. It has a three beat per bar rhythm pattern, but each beat is divided into a triple subdivision, or three syllables per beat, 
one enda, two enda, three enda, one enda, two enda, three enda. Musicians would commonly see this notated as nine eight time. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I suppose it could also be notated in three four time, with the triplet being the constant subdivision of the beat, but usually it's nine eight, and that's as technical as I want to get about that. Here's a brief segment of a slip jig from one of our musicals. This is in the Book of Isaiah musical, and based on the Irish folk song, In Deepest Sorrow I Think of Home. So that was a small portion of a slip jig dance based on the Irish tune In Deepest Sorrow I Think of Home. Now I want to play this entire dance break from the book of Isaiah. This is the part of the story where King Hezekiah's tribute in the form of dancers from his royal court in Jerusalem perform for the Assyrian king Sennacherib, which makes that particular Irish tune apropos for this moment in the story. This number in the musical is called Parade of Tribute, and it incorporates the slip jig we heard above. But it starts with a reel based on the Irish folk song, Your Old Wig is the Love of My Heart. Then you hear the subdivision of the beat change into a hornpipe, based on the Irish folk song, We Are Bold Volunteers. And then you'll hear that three beat per bar, triple subdivision of a slip jig that we just sampled, and then it ends with another sprightly reel, based on the Irish folk song, The Lamonfield Rangers. And I'll talk over the section breaks, so you're sure to know where each dance style occurs. subdivision of the beat indicates a hornpipe. slip jig. back to the real tempo and meter.
So that was an example of a reel, a hornpipe, a slip jig, and then another reel, so you could hear the meters change for each. Now the jig is up. Let's discuss the regular jig, which dancers classify as either light jig or single jig, but musically there is no distinction in the meter or tempo. So I'll just call it the jig or the regular jig. If you recall, the slip jig was in 9-8 time, or three beats per bar, with each beat having a triple subdivision, as in one and a, two and a, three and a, one and a, two and a, three and a, or one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The regular jig is based on a two beat per bar pattern with each beat having a triple subdivision, or as in three syllables per beat. One and a, two and a, one and a, two and a, one and a, two and a. Musicians would commonly see this notated as six, eight time. One, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. Before I play a jig, I'll explain the final kind of dance meter and tempo, the treble jig. This is based on the same meter as the jig we just discussed, six quick beats per bar divided into two groups of three. However, the tempo is much slower. One, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. Now, treble, as we said earlier, also implies the use of hard shoes, and the slower tempo allows the dancer to create more clicks within the slower pulse. So let's hear an example of a dance break from one of the musicals that uses both of these tempos, the regular jig and then the treble jig. I titled this The King's Court as it represents the culture present in the Jewish court at the time of King Zedekiah. This is from the musical Jeremiah. This starts with a jig and then moves into a treble jig, and then after that it continues on into a hornpipe and then a reel. So this is a great example to listen to as we close this discussion so we can get an example of both a regular jig and a treble jig and then to review what the hornpipe and reel rhythms sound like. Each one of these is based on an Irish folk tune. The jig is untitled, but the treble jig is based on My Eveline Gave Me a Secret to Keep, the hornpipe is based on a tune called The Gypsy Hornpipe, and finally the reel is based on a melody called The Fairy Dance. So here the tempo slows down for a treble jig.
Now here's the hornpipe section. Finally, a reel. listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we are exploring the Dublin Irish Dance Company and tour and interviewing its band's lead singer in the lead-up to their performance at Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, February 20th. We just heard The King's Court from the original musical Jeremiah, which fused Irish step dancing with the American musical theater style. I played that segment as part of our discussion of the different musical meters that make up the main dance forms within competitive Irish step dancing. We heard a jig, and then a treble jig, and then a hornpipe, and finally a reel. That discussion was to help give you an overview of the various dance styles you'll see when Dublin Irish Dance performs here at Armstrong. Dublin Irish Dance is a dance troupe of world champion Irish step dancers together with a sensational eight-member traditional Irish band and vocalist. The all-star cast brings to life the epic tale of Celtic culture carrying its traditional melodies and steps to the new world with a gala celebration of Irish music and dance. Their program is titled Stepping Out. In it, the company will use favorite Irish melodies, traditional steps, and Celtic instrumentals to tell a story of the Irish immigration to America after the Great Famine of the mid-1800s. Greeted by diverse cultures and rich traditions from around the globe, the new Irish immigrants congregate in dance gatherings where ancient Irish melodies fuse with African rhythms, creating American tap dance and early roots music. Stepping Out celebrates the incredible development of Irish traditional dance and music, showcasing the new pioneers who would define the new standard of traditional Irish music and dance. Before we get to our exclusive interview with the touring company's lead singers, let's talk about how the specific program is laid out. The opening number is titled Dawning of the Day, where the signature sounds, rhythms, and dance traditions of a nation are introduced, as are the story's main protagonists, Kira and Aiden. 
Next is a selection titled An Emigrant's Tale, which tells one of the many stories of those who left Ireland in search of a better life, which is something Kira is contemplating. After that is a number titled Lechela, which means together in Gaelic. Here, Kira and Aidan join together with their young friends in an uplifting dance. Next is a song titled Always There, which illustrates Kira's love for Aiden. After that is Lover's Dance, a number that features the couple joining together in a dance of affection as Kira continues to ponder leaving for America. And in the appropriately titled Set You Free, Aiden realizes that he should not stop Kira from following her dreams of going to America. In the next three numbers, titled Heartland, If I Prove False to Thee, and Till We Meet Again, Kira ponders all those she will leave behind, feels torn between two worlds, and questions whether her relationship with Aiden will withstand the ocean-wide distance. But she ultimately decides to leave Ireland behind, and the first half of the show and the story end with the famous Scottish tune, The Parting Glass. Here is a wonderful arrangement and recording of this tune as sung by the Canadian folk group, the Whalen Jennies. Oh, all the money that ever I spent I spent it in good company And all the harm that ever I've done Alas, it was to none but me And all I've done for want of wit To memory now I can't recall So fill to me the parting glass Good night and joy be with you all. Oh, all the comrades that ever I've had are sorry for my going away, and all the sweethearts that ever. So that was the famous traditional tune, The Parting Glass, which traces back to Scotland, in fact, and will be the song featured at the end of the first half of the Dublin Irish Dance Performance coming to Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, February 20th. We are in the midst of our discussion of the touching story that the company is telling on this tour. What we just heard was not a recording of the Dublin Irish Dance Company, but rather a 2004 recording from the Whalen Jennies, just to give you a sample of how this traditional folk song has been arranged. There's another folk song that will be performed early in the second half that I want to play a recording of. Again, this is not by the Dublin Irish Dance Company, but it is merely to give you, again, an idea of how the tune goes. The song is Carrick Fergus, an Irish folk song named after the town in Northern Ireland. This will be the second tune of the second half, just after the opening number titled Shores of America, about Kira's travels to America. The song Carrick Fergus is fittingly presented after this since it is a beautiful song about someone missing their home in Ireland. I want to play you an instrumental version of this to whet your appetite for hearing it sung on our stage. This is a great recording of the famed Irish flutist Sir James Galway performing with the legendary Irish band The Chieftains.
flutist Sir James Galway and the Chieftains performed the well-known Irish tune Carrick Fergus in that recording we just heard. We are discussing the program that Dublin Irish Dance is bringing to Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, February 20th. In this riveting production, featuring the eight-piece band and eight-member dance troupe, we learn the story of Kira and Aidan and Kira's departure to America. The band and lead vocalist perform the traditional song Carrick Fergus to depict how Kira misses her native Ireland. We will hear more about the story in our interview with that lead singer next, so I will let her explain that, and she'll leave out certain spoilers so some of the plot twists can be saved for their performance at Armstrong. So let's talk to her now. Again, this is the lead singer for Dublin Irish Dance, Megan Burns. She was kind enough to spare some of her time while on tour, and we talked via Skype about this attraction coming to Armstrong Auditorium. So my part of this production, I am lead singer along with um, another boy called Ryan O'Shaughnessy. So basically what we do maybe between each dance is we come on and we sing a song, we interact with the audience and um, we sing together and we also sing as the, the dancers are on stage. So there's kind of a real variety of stuff happening in the show. Um, in terms of my background of singing, it's not very um, exciting. I was, I sang a bit at home, but I lived in the Middle East in Qatar for a year and formed a band there. Mm. And while I was in the band, we were gigging all around the place, all around the country and had many wonderful opportunities. I then came home, started my own Facebook page, loaded a few videos, got some weddings, some gigs, and then um, got asked through my Facebook page if I would like to go on tour. And of course, I completely jumped at the opportunity. Um, and I did sing before that. I sang, I got the opportunity to sing at Croke Park, entered a few competitions, but not to the standard where, where I'm at at the minute. So I'm slightly amateur in comparison to the other dancers and singers who've toured the world and toured so many famous people so for this it's a brilliant opportunity to me for me um so that's that's kind of my background it's not overly exciting <laughs> <laughs> well that's great though and you're you're alongside of what seven other musicians in the band is that correct yeah i think it's seven other musicians and eight dancers okay and describe the the rest of the band i mean what what kind of instruments are we going to hear the, the kinds of players will be seen. Yeah, we, we have a bit of everything. We actually have phenomenal musicians, all of whom can play a wide variety of instruments and could probably easily sit on any instrument on the stage. Like they're phenomenal. And hmm. um, we have like the Irish accordion, the the, the banjo, we've got the Ellen pipes, the tin whistle, the guitar, we've got the fiddle. Um, we've got a piano player or a keyboard player. We've got the drums and we've got the bass. And of course, we've got an acoustic guitar. So we have a bit of everything. We have the same people maybe playing three or four di different instruments on stage, which just shows the kind of wide variety of talent that we have um, in the show. So we have a bit of everything. We have maybe four or five Irish traditional instruments. Then we have a, a bass player, guitar player, drums, which really adds so, so much to the to the sound. Yes. Well, the uh, now the dancers, the eight dancers that are in the company, talk about them briefly, what, th what they bring to this uh, production. Yeah, the dancers. Now, this is my first time experience in like, you know, this kind of um, this kind of show because it's just so different. And, um, you know, there's so much, you know, there's there's such a beautiful story behind it. So whenever I first met the dancers and saw the routine, I was kind of blown away by the story because although I, I knew the story to see it, you know, in real life, it was really, really touching. And um, the dancers just do. It just shows like for me to see it, you know, without costumes, without lighting, without um, sound or live music, it, and the fact that I I find it so touching just shows what how professional they are and what a great job they're doing and they have toured the world they have um, toured with some of the most famous dancers and I would consider them one of the most you know the most famous dancers in Ireland we've got dancers from New Zealand the States Australia Canada and of course Ireland um, and they all bring something different and they all bring their own style and together it just works so so well they're all phenomenal and I really think that everyone's in for a real treat the choreography team, I guess it's it's two two gentlemen who have a pretty storied past there in the Irish dance world. Uh, talk about them and what they've brought to this, how they've harnessed everyone's talents. And, uh, yeah, um, well, to be honest, because I wasn't um, a dancer, I only really got to know one of the choreographers, Kieran. He was just such a gentleman, so hilarious, and really brought out everybody's kind of natural personality because he was so he was just 
just himself and made everybody feel, you know, whenever you start a tour and you start the choreography, you're meeting new people and you feel slightly nervous, but with him, you just feel so at ease. And I think that's why it works so well. Everybody felt so at ease. Everybody felt so comfortable and everybody was is kind of just expressing themselves on the, on the dance floor and on the stage, which is why it just works so well. So Kieran, from me, um, he did a few, a few moves with me and kind of my stage role and really just made me feel so comfortable and at ease immediately in my first performance. So I think that's, the really the, the important thing that that he brought for, for me and for the dancers was just brought us all to ease brought us all out of ourselves mm-hmm. and kind of made the show come to life so much more so they did a phenomenal job such a good job and as well as that we had so much fun like the laughs we had were just when I think back to some of the stories and some of the some of the laughs we had I'm actually so sorry that they can't come and with us <laughs> <laughs> so these choreographers brought you together uh, one of them in particular like you said uh, made you feel at ease really made everybody just feel like part of this unit talk a little bit about how this company formed Dublin Irish Dance what's uh how did it come to be and and, and where has it been going since it started it's a completely new production and we were all contacted individually by the producers and the directors and it's a story of immigration and it's obviously a story that the producers and and the directors really want to get across because we've got so many Americans with Irish genetics that that, that they're so proud of. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, anybody, if, I've ever, if I'm ever in the States, anybody that I meet, you know, they're always so proud of their Irish heritage. They say, oh, I'm a quarter Irish. My grandfather was Irish and I'm this and I love this and I love this. And mm-hmm. I think for, for the producers and the director, this was a lovely message that they wanted to get across. Like the story behind um, emigration and crossing overseas and missing your homeland. And um, it's the first of this kind. It's the first story of this, first kind of production of this that, I, that I've that i ever witnessed or that I've ever seen or that any, any of the dancers have ever seen. And so far, it's, people can relate to it so much. And I even saw in the audience, like for one of the shows that there was a man in the front row actually crying Mm-hmm. At one of the at one of the dances, where one of the one of the dancers leaves for America, and I kind of um, was talking to him at the end of the show, and he just felt that he could really, really relate to it so well. So, um, for this particular show for Dublin Irish Dance, it's kind of like a beautiful story of emigration, leaving your homeland for a better life in a new chapter, and it's just a story that the producers and the managers really want to get across. And so far, I feel like it's going down really, really well. And it's taken you, you know, even though it's relatively new, here you are touring. North America, is that correct? Yeah, North America. I'm still pinching myself. <laughs> uh, and you, you started where? We started off in Stewart in Florida. Okay. And then we had a two-day journey to Forest City in Arkansas. And then after that, I think we went to Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, then back to Virginia, then to Tennessee. Like We've done like a really triangular route. <laughs> okay. So we've kind of been everywhere. It's being well-received, obviously. You, you've gotten some pretty immediate feedback there, as you said, looking into the audience. Any other honors or, or feedback that you've received while on tour? Yeah, well, it's after every show, we go down and we sign CDs and we get to interact with the audience, which is really nice because we can get kind of like really personal feedback and we're bombarded after every show. And it's just so, so nice. It's nice to get like closure and, and feedback from from every tour and or from every show, sorry. And the feedback has been so touching. Like we've people who've been crying and hugging us and um, buying CD after CD and asking for where our next show is and if it's sold out and where we're, where we're going and following all of us on Instagram. And it's been really overwhelming because, you know, as a, as a singer, like all I kind of thought my job to do was just to go sing. And that was really it. And, to be able to receive feedback from our wonderful audience is just really, really fulfilling and kind of really motivates all of us for the next show because naturally doing show after show after show can get really tiring. But after speaking to each audience member, you know, you, you realize who you're doing it for and you just want to make each show better and better. So, yeah, the feedback has been so touching and um, just because people can relate to it so much. And it's just so nice of, uh, for us, um, especially us Irish dancers and singers, to hear how proud the people of America are of their Irish heritage and how they love going to Ireland and love, you know, visiting new counties and new places. So, um, yeah, it's really touching and fulfilling for us. And do you have, when you meet with these audience members, obviously you meet people who are taking Irish dance, obviously you probably meet a lot of fans who are students. Is that correct? 
Yeah, we have. We've met a few um, a few little um, girls who are aspiring Irish dancers and um, are really eager to buy the CD and talk to the dancers and maybe get a few steps in which the dancers love doing because they <laughs> they can spot somebody from a mile off. So um, even there was actually one show I remember there was a little girl and one of the dancers just knew exactly from the way she was standing that she was an Irish dancer and asked her. So we are getting like a lot, especially a young crowd. We're getting a lot of young Irish dancers coming and watching the show and talking to the dancers after it, which is just so nice to see. Yeah, that's great. When you come to Armstrong Auditorium, the Armstrong campus is actually home to an Irish dance school, the McGuire School of Irish Dance. Oh, wow. And the, uh, the studio is just, uh, you know, a couple feet from my office. <laughs> the dancers would love to see that. It would be amazing to see. But you have a very huge Irish dance community right here in Edmond, Oklahoma, and they're very excited about seeing this production and and seeing, of course, the story that you've been talking about. That's exciting for us because it will probably be the first venue where there will actually be an Irish dancing school in the vicinity. So I'm really excited to pass that on to the other dancers. Great. Yeah. The story you've been talking about, you've been alluding to. Could you get into a little bit more detail about the plot of what you're going to be showcasing in this program? Yeah, so what's brilliant about this story is that it's it's so relative to today, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago. It's, it's just so, um, so, so relative, no matter what kind of era we were talking about. So we're, we've got a beautiful couple, Aidan and Kira, both of whom are very much in love. However, Kira um, is very eager to pursue a new chapter and um, overseas, as there are many opportunities, many more opportunities in America. She'll have to leave her family and her beautiful Aidan, her beloved Aidan behind, which she's very apprehensive of doing. So at the very end of Act One, we've got a finale where we say farewell to Kira where she goes and pursues her her new chapter overseas in America, leaving behind her homeland, and which is very touching, very emotional for some people. You know, people can really relate to that. Then in Act Two, we've got the scene where in America and we've got Kira, you know, discovering America, discovering the people. Little does she know her beloved Aiden actually follows her and decides that he wants to wants to support her in this and I don't want to spoil the rest of it for everybody <laughs> because there's a little twist in the story but I'll not spoil it so great and um, that's really the story and um, but I don't want to spoil it for people <laughs> absolutely well yeah we want we want a reason to come see it for sure absolutely in addition to all the other wonderful things you've been talking about from yeah. your perspective what is it about this program specifically that excites you you know as a performer there's probably some moment that you really look forward to or some element or aspect of the program what is that for you yeah my favorite part is probably my interaction with the audience like I get to speak to the audience you know ask them if they're having a good time and I get a lovely reaction and I get to speak to them about myself and tell them you know where I'm from why I'm here and the reason why I'm singing this particular song it's a song called Carrick Fergus which is really relative to the story um, mm-hmm. I really love that part of the that part because I just I feel like it's not just like a, a show like you know, we perform and, and the audience listens. Like there's lovely interaction. Another part I love is Ryan, the other the other singer. Just before the dancers come on, he has another interaction with the audience where he actually gets them to sing along and teaches them a chorus. Mm. And then we've got the musicians that sing along, and you know, it's it's very personal. And um, I always stand in the sides. And even though I have a very quick costume change, I always leave it to the very last second so that I can get to see this part because it's my favourite. <laughs> and I love to see how the audience reacts to, you know, having to sing along. And, and so far, it's been fantastic. And I really enjoy the finale as well. The finale is just so much energy. And the audience can really, really um, kind of relate to that. And there's a great atmosphere in the room during the finale. So that's probably another few. There's so many. I can't think of just one. <laughs> well, that that's really exciting, Megan. I, I know this really just helps build that anticipation for your performance at Armstrong. We're very thankful that you could speak with us today. Yeah, no, we're so thankful. Thank you so much for, for speaking to me. And we're so excited. I've never been to Oklahoma. So really looking forward to getting to see Edmund. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we have explored the Dublin Irish Dance Company and its first North American tour in the lead-up to their performance at Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, February 20th. We also just interviewed the band's lead singer, Megan Burns. 
we will hear a selection of her singing with the company to close our program. But before that, I'd just like to remind you that more information about this event and all our Armstrong events can be found at armstrongauditorium.org. You can follow Armstrong Auditorium on social media. You can follow our campus's performing arts organizations at Armstrong Arts HQ. And you can also follow Armstrong underscore dance to keep up specifically with our branch of the McGuire Academy of Irish Dance. And of course, you can follow Music for Life PCG on Twitter or Facebook to keep up with this program. That's Music for Life PCG. Special thanks today to Joshua Sloan, who engineers all our Skype and phone interviews. And finally, let's hear an example of Megan Burns singing with the Dublin Irish Dance Company. This is the song Irish Love, which is also a treble reel, where the female protagonist in their story, Kira, is enjoying the company of her new friends in America, but thinking foremost about being reunited with her beloved Aiden. I hope you enjoy Irish Love, and I hope to see you soon at Armstrong. It was late March the 17th, I won't forget that day We're dancing on the tables, drinking, laughing and fillers way Got a small tap on my shoulder, turn around and there he stood Not just the day you're back to stay and about my Irish love I want you to come home, baby, come back home I want you to come home, you're my Irish love Irish Listening to Music for Life, a production of KPCG 101.3 on the FM dial in Edmond, Oklahoma. From the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus, I'm Ryan Malone. Thanks for joining me.